The World Health Organization is working diligently to eliminate type 1 poliovirus transmission in endemic countries around the world. Although progress has been made using the trivalent oral poliovirus vaccine, eradication remains elusive. Recent studies examine the efficacy of a monovalent oral poliovirus vaccine given to newborns. Could this monovalent vaccine bring us closer to eradicating poliomyelitis? You're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to a special segment, Focus on Global Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Jennifer Hsu, practicing general pediatrician and author. Our guest is Dr. Roland Suter, coordinator of the research and product development team for the Global Polio Eradication Initiative with the World Health Organization in Geneva, Switzerland, and former chief of the Polio Eradication Branch at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in Atlanta. Welcome, Dr. Suter. Thank you for having me. Now, the trivalent vaccine against polio has been used since the early 1960s. So why study the monovalent vaccine now? In fact, the first vaccine, first life vaccines were monovalent and were used also in the U.S. and other countries in the 1960s. And then the program switched to trivalent because it was just easier to administer. You didn't need to have three vaccines. And so for the past 40 years or so, they were kind of forgotten. And the program now has identified a need for these monovalents again, particularly monovalent type 1, because they provide faster or stronger immunity against type 1. So we can protect children much faster with the monovalent vaccine than with the trivalent vaccine against type 1. So is the monovalent type 1 vaccine stronger or different from the past ones in early 1960s? Yeah, absolutely. I think what we try to do is actually to increase the potency of these vaccines by about fivefold over the vaccines that were used in the early 60s in the U.S. and Europe and other places. Is it still necessary then to use type 2 and type 3 vaccines, but monovalent ones instead of the combination trivalent? We also have since developed monovalent type 3 and monovalent type 2, the licensed product out, and they're used very, very extensively as well. If there is a reason, if there is type 3 co-circulation, for example, we do a mass campaign round with monovalent type 1 and then perhaps followed with a round of monovalent type 3. Type 2 polio has been eradicated from the world since 1999, so we don't have to worry too much about type 2 at this point. Let's talk a little bit about the article that you are a co-author of in the New England Journal of Medicine regarding the monovalent vaccine in Egypt. So why study it in Egypt? Well, I think the background of this is really Egypt has made great progress in eliminating polio, but they had very, very few cases persistent. So less than 10 cases per year for a number of years. And so the monovalent type 1 really, when we first started with the development project, really was targeted especially to Egypt because we hoped that with an immunity boost, with this additional power to induce immunity, we could get rid of polio in Egypt. And in fact, after we did three national rounds with monovalent type 1 in Egypt, and after that, polio disappeared from Egypt. And are you hoping then that these findings will later translate to use in other countries? We have since done a number of studies in different countries, and we are struck, just as everybody is struck who knows the data on the trivalent vaccine, that there is a great variability of performance of these vaccines in different settings. 
So they usually perform at least twice as well or up to four times as well as the trivalent vaccine against type 1 polio. Let's talk a little bit about how the study in particular was set up and what parameters it measured. Basically, as soon as we started with the development project, we had committed to our development partners. In, in this case, this product was produced by Sanofi Pasteur in France and licensed by the French regulatory agency. We had committed that we would assist in doing clinical studies on this product particularly because we had only historical clinical data from the 1960s of the much weaker products that were used then. And that's kind of the background. And Egypt, particularly, we were interested to see how this product would perform in Egypt. So a dose of either monovalent or trivalent vaccine was given at birth. And then what happened at 30 days? And then at 30 days, we gave everybody who was in the study a dose of monovalent type 1. Basically, what we were interested in is to look at the performance of one dose of monovalent type 1 given to newborns within the first hour after birth. And then at 30 days, we gave another dose of monovalent type 1 to everybody because we wanted to see whether the previous dose of monovalent or the trivalent dose would lead to a reduction of replication and excretion of virus in stool samples. And what did you find? We found that one dose of monovalent gave us more than 50% seroconversion to type 1 compared to about 30% with the, with the trivalent to the type 1. And then the one-month dose gave us clear indication also that monovalent induced much higher what we call mucosal immunity in the gut, so fewer kids excreted virus. When you give the newborn dose shortly after birth, there's a chance of some type of interaction with maternally derived antibodies against polio. How did you find that this affected your study? Particularly in countries that have polio until recently, mothers and adults and children get periodically infected and so they have very high antibodies against polio. And typically, these high maternally derived antibodies in the newborns of course, protect the newborn against getting polio, but also they make it more difficult for the vaccines actually to induce immunity. Here, I think what we found in this study is that against the monovalent, actually, pre-existing maternal antibodies did less decrease the seroconversion than it did to the trivalent, to the type 1 and the trivalent. So again, an added benefit of monovalent vaccines. Why do you think there might be a difference in that interaction? I think we're all a bit puzzled about that. And I think we just need to see in future studies whether this is holding up or not. Are there any thoughts to giving the vaccine at a later age, an older age, when those maternal antibodies have disappeared? Basically, what we wanted to do is to make it very difficult for the vaccine to work. I mean, to give it a newborn because of maternal antibodies, it's the worst case situation. So if we found a big difference in newborns between the performance of monovalent and trivalent, then I think we are confident that in later age, the difference is probably even much bigger. And indeed, the studies we did in other places which have not been published yet do seem to support this. So what kind of immunization series for the polio vaccine might you envision for the monovalent type 1 if this works out to be an improvement? 
It has been used very massively uh, since then, but basically what our advisory committee has always told us is that we use monovalence only in campaigns, in supplemental campaigns. We use the trivalent for routine immunization, so that doesn't change. But, you know, in some of these areas where we still have polio, you have one campaign about every one to two months. So very, very often these kids get supplemental doses of vaccine. A lot of them are monovalent. Some are trivalent as well because we don't want to create an immunity gap to type 2. And some of the rounds are now monovalent type 3 as well. And one of the factors that you studied was socioeconomic status of the family, and particularly of the mother. How did that affect seroconversion rates in the study? This is also kind of surprising, I guess, to us that, you know, socioeconomics do affect seroconversion as well. And again, we can't really explain this well. In the past, I think people assumed if you have a newborn and with lower socioeconomic status, the newborn or the infant gets exposed frequently to bacteria or viruses that cause diarrhea and that may interfere with take. But in our study, that could not be the explanation because these kids were vaccinated very, very close to birth. And we wouldn't expect that any of those actually got had already been infected or even if they had in, been infected, it would have made any difference. Did you find any differences in adverse reactions when you compared the monovalent and trivalent vaccines? No, these are very, very safe vaccine. That's another reason to do it in newborns, because these newborns have high levels of maternal antibodies. The oral poliovirus vaccines very, very rarely can cause what is called vaccine-associated polio, which is polio that uh, is indistinguishable from uh, polio caused by wild virus. So out of one million vaccinated or something like that, this may happen. But because these kids have all high maternal antibodies, so the risk would be virtually zero in this population. And so in terms of other side effects, you know, I'm not aware. I mean, we have one very serious side effect, which in this age group is not really a problem. But minor adverse events, we really didn't observe. We had the one thing, we had a couple of kids vomiting after a dose, but I wouldn't attribute that to the vaccine itself. You mentioned that Egypt is very close to eliminating poliovirus transmission. At what point do you see the oral poliovirus vaccine being stopped and switching to the inactivated version? Egypt, actually, they stopped in 2005. So the last viruses were in 2005. And as I mentioned, after three national rounds with monovalent type 1, the same vaccine that we had included in our trial, they were not able to detect any more polyvirus, the viruses that were from Egypt, I mean, indigenous viruses. In terms of switching to IPV, I mean, that's another big project or a plate of work that uh, we are involved with. And basically the task that we were given is to develop IPV that would be affordable for developing countries and safe to produce also in developing countries. And so we have multiple lines of investigations so we can actually make this product affordable. And that goes from schedule changes, fewer doses. We look at fractional doses, one-fifth of a dose 
we use as immunostimulant adjuvants to, to make, uh, make it more immunogenic and so on. There is a whole program of work that tries to develop these vaccines and hopefully at the end of this development process, we will have a product that will be affordable for developing countries. I'd like to thank our guest, Dr. Roland Suter. We've been discussing monovalent type 1 oral poliovirus vaccines in newborns. I'm Dr. Jennifer Shu. You've been listening to a special segment, Focus on Global Medicine, on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Please visit our website at reachmd.com, which features on-demand podcasts of our entire library. Thank you for listening.